Thank you for listening to the Coal Mine Podcast. This is David Cole from Dallas, Texas. This week, I look at the well-recognized trend in the federal courts today towards skepticism about the administrative state, the many powerful agencies that make up most of the modern federal government. I consider whether the court's willingness to consider constitutional challenges to the structure and activities of those agencies may inadvertently invite a response from Congress based on another constitutional provision, Congress's spending power, with an eye towards limiting federal court jurisdiction and thus the number of cases about administrative law issues. Many conservative judges appointed to the federal bench by President Trump have expressed skepticism about the power and reach of the administrative state, the sprawling agencies created within the federal government beginning in the New Deal and continuing throughout administrations since then. In response to opinions that limit and restrict administrative agencies, Congress may be tempted to respond in kind with limitations and restrictions on the jurisdiction of the federal courts. The resulting tension between legislative and judicial branches could lead to some novel constitutional questions. The basic principles are well known and not disputed. First, in our constitutional system of checks and balances, federal courts hold the power of judicial review, the authority to declare an act of Congress unconstitutional and therefore unenforceable as law. In recent opinions, both here in the Fifth Circuit and across the country, courts are assertively moving now to use that power to restrain what they perceive as excesses by the administrative state. A good recent example, the May 2022 case of Jarksy v. SEC, a 2-1 decision from a panel of our local Court of Appeals, the U.S. Court of Appeals for the Fifth Circuit, held that the Constitution's Seventh Amendment, which preserves the right to jury trial in the language of that amendment, in suits at common law, applies to an enforcement action by the Securities and Exchange Commission so long as the action seeks a monetary penalty and is thus analogous to a suit in fraud for damages at common law at the time of the amendment in 1791. The Fifth Circuit majority also held that Congress had unconstitutionally delegated excessive legislative power to the SEC when it passed the statutes authorizing the SEC to choose between court or an internal tribunal as the appropriate place to bring an enforcement action. As a result of these holdings, these actions must now proceed before federal courts, where there is the opportunity for a jury trial, rather than within the SEC using its system of internal administrative law judges. In that litigation, the SEC argued that this holding would undermine what it called the statutory scheme created by Congress by the securities fraud laws it enacted in the early 1930s. Those statutes, one of the many New Deal initiatives in response to the stock market crash of 1929, included both an intricate system of federal laws against fraud in the sale of securities and the creation of the Securities and Exchange Commission to regulate the industry and enforce those laws. The panel majority was unpersuaded by the argument that this holding would undermine that scheme, and it remains to be seen how the full Fifth Circuit or the Supreme Court may react to it, as well as Congress. And Congress's reaction, with regard to what is, after all, its own statutory scheme, is particularly important here. While courts have the power of judicial review, Congress holds the power of the purse. And Article Three of the Constitution expressly links Congress's spending power to the structure of the federal courts, saying, The judicial power of the United States shall be vested in one Supreme Court and in such inferior courts as the Congress may from time to time ordain and establish. What could Congress do? 
if Congress felt and concluded that an assertive federal judiciary was undermining a comprehensive statutory scheme, such as the securities laws or the environmental laws or any other area where administrative agencies carry out a set of congressional commands, Congress could well consider reconfiguring that scheme to reduce the role of the federal courts by reducing the jurisdiction of the federal courts over the activities of an administrative agency in that area. Such revisions could focus on procedure, for example, by consolidating administrative law appeals into one intermediate court of appeals, much as patent appeals are presently sent to the U.S. Court of Appeals for the federal circuit. More controversially, such a restriction could also focus on substance. A motivated Congress could consider the elimination of circuit court jurisdiction over some kinds of challenges to the structure of administrative agencies and require, for example, that any such appeal could go directly to the Supreme Court. That court, being a very busy one with the power of discretionary review, the power to not hear cases, would presumably decline most cases sent to it. Either in my procedural or substantive example, Congress's goal would be to discourage litigation that challenges a particular administrative agency, either by redirecting it to a more favorable forum or simply discouraging it from being brought in the first place. Opponents of such laws can make a legitimate point about the traditional roles and responsibility of the courts. Article Three of the Constitution, after all, speaks of judicial power, and the ability of courts to hear a certain range of disputes is generally assumed to be part of what it means to have judicial power. But as Justice Neil Gorsuch noted in the Texas abortion case, Whole Woman's Health versus Jackson, this court has never recognized an unqualified right to pre-enforcement review of constitutional claims in federal court. He was talking about a different situation when the power of judicial review comes into play, but the broader principle is still a valid one. The legislative branch of government, be it the state legislature in Texas or Congress acting at a federal level, has some power to structure its laws to affect how they interact with the judicial branch. And limiting the ability of the federal courts to review the work of an administrative agency to the eyes of an irritated Congress could become part of how Congress sees a comprehensive statutory scheme in an area such as securities litigation. American citizens clearly have rights to sue about the structure of their government. Congress, equally so, has the power to shape the forum where those rights are asserted. Aggressive use of the power of judicial review by the courts to scrutinize the work and structure of agencies created by Congress may inadvertently lead to aggressive exploration back the other way by Congress of its spending power and, more precisely, its power to structure the type of statutory scheme that is involved in these administrative agency cases as to reduce, minimize, redirect, or in some cases perhaps even outright prohibit the involvement of the federal courts in the review of the work and structure of those agencies. In this episode of Coal Mind, I looked at the modern federal court's skepticism about the administrative state, federal agencies, and considered whether and if so, how, Congress might respond to that skepticism by redefining that state to have less of a role or a different role than what traditionally has been assumed by the federal judiciary. In upcoming episodes, I expect to continue having interviews with other notable voices from around Texas and the country, particularly as to important rulings expected soon from the U.S. Supreme Court. You can subscribe to this podcast on any of the main directories if you like it. I encourage you to join other happy listeners and leave a kind five-star review on Apple Podcasts. I appreciate you listening, and I look forward to sharing with you again soon.